Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. Joe should be on his way, so when he gets here, we will bring him on. But we're going to get started without him because there's lots to get through today. Hit that thumbs up button if you haven't already. Comment, 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 and share. Not just by hitting the share button on Facebook, but if you're watching anywhere else, you can copy the link and you can share that onto your social platforms as well. Please do that. Help us reach more people organically by you guys sharing it. So I want to get right into this. There has been a study that's been performed in the UK, and I want to make sure I get all this right so we don't get fact-checked, we don't get blocked. If you go ahead and put up image number one, these were the findings from the JCVI. The JCVI is one of the regulatory bodies in the UK looking at vaccines. And this is what the JCVI found. They found that when you give the vaccine to children, when you give the vaccine to children, it has certain benefits and it has certain risks. And the question, as always has been the case, do the benefits outweigh the risks? So what you can see here, when you give 1 million first doses to children in the UK, the JCVI finds that those 1 million doses will prevent two children from being admitted to the intensive care unit. It will prevent 87 children from being admitted to a hospital. But from a risk perspective, those first million doses will give between 3 and 17 children cases of myocarditis. Myocarditis, a very, very dangerous disease, inflammation of the heart. When you get myocarditis, you have a 50-50 shot of dying within five years. It's like either 50 or 60% survival rate. But it's basically coin flip odds if you get myocarditis. So you give these kids the vaccine, the first million doses will keep two kids from going to the ICU, but it'll give as many as 17 kids myocarditis, of which half of them will likely die within five years, meaning you save two lives, you kill eight. And then when you look at the second dose, the second dose of the vaccine, this is where it gets even more ridiculous. Obviously, lopsided, the risks, the risks easily outweigh the benefits. The second million dose, so this would be a second dose, will prevent 0.16 children. I want to make sure this is very well explained for anyone listening to the audio version. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the audio version of the podcast as well. Sorry, I just got an Amber Alert. Some child just got abducted. That's really sad. Um, in Houston, it looks like. So the second dose, you take those million kids, you give them the first dose, you give the same million kids the second dose. And of those million kids, 0.16 children will be saved from going to the ICU. 0.16. Just to put that in perspective, you would need 6 million second doses to save one child from going to the ICU. 
That's how small of a number that is. In terms of the other benefit, that million second dose, the, the, the million second doses would save six kids from going to the hospital. But that second million dose number would also give an additional 12 to 34 kids myocarditis. Again, very, very dangerous inflammation of the heart. Something that basically you have coin flip odds of surviving after five years. So the second dose would save a fraction of a child, but it would basically kill 17 more kids within five years. So the question is, that seems very obvious. Saving two kids from going to the ICU and potentially killing eight kids inside of five years doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. Except given these studies, in Wales, they're still going to give, they're still going to give the vaccine to kids. If we go ahead and put up my screen real quick. This is from the BBC. All children aged 12 to 15 in Wales will be offered a COVID vaccine by the end of October. So this is where I got that graph from. The graph is right here. This is, they're literally saying that it's going to kill more kids than it saves. But no, we're going to give it to them anyway. And if you look here, the JVCI, that's the UK's vaccine advisory body, refused to give the green light last month to 12 to 15 year olds because it just didn't make sense. From a cost benefit analysis, it didn't make sense. Why would you do it? Why would you risk their lives? And this is the whole deal. The vaccine is not for everyone. It's just, it, it's not. It's very obvious. Kids have almost a 100% chance of surviving if they get the virus. We also know, based on the studies, that kids are not a significant vector for transmission. So they're not spreading the virus as much as people thought previously. So when you give them a vaccine that has a higher likelihood of killing kids than saving them from the ICU, we have to take a step back and say, what the hell are we doing? How does this make any sense whatsoever? It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. So we got to take down my screen. I was hoping that Joe would be here because I know he gets very fired up about this, but he'll be here hopefully shortly. Now, you can't give kids a vaccine that kills more kids than it saves. And if that's the number for 12 to 15-year-olds, imagine what it looks like once you get down to kindergartners. And yes, as we're going to talk about in a second, the far left in our country wants to force kindergartners to get vaccinated. If it's going to kill more 12-year-olds than it saves, you have to imagine that the numbers would be far, far worse for kindergartners. But the UK isn't the only country that's saying, whoa, 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 this is kind of crazy. If we put up image number two, image number two, Sweden just announced that they are suspending, they are suspending the Moderna vaccine for those under the age of 30 for similar reasons that it is Albeit rare, they are rare side effects, but still it doesn't make sense to condemn any number of people to death for a disease that all the numbers indicate if they had gotten it, they would have survived. And that's what makes that case with Jessica the other day that we mentioned so heartbreaking. She was a 37-year-old healthy woman. She did the research. She said, this is, this is far too dangerous. I don't want this. 
she was forced to get in anyway, and she ended up passing away. It really is sad. So we see the UK saying, pumping the brakes, saying 12 to 15-year-olds, not exactly safe. We should probably pump the brakes on this. We see, we see Sweden pumping the brakes on this. But here in this country, we're seeing exactly the opposite. Gavin Newsom announced that before it's even been approved for kindergartners, that he will mandate it. He will mandate the vaccine for any child going through K through 12 public school in California before it has even been approved for them. Meaning he can't force them to do it if it hasn't been approved, but he's saying the minute that it is approved, they must get it. So they're not even going to spend any time looking at the approval, looking at the studies. They have already made up their mind. It will be mandated. It will be mandated. Here's a clip of Gavin Newsom making that declaration the other day. Let's play cut number three. And that's why we recognize our responsibility to do more. And that's what we are announcing here today. A statewide requirement for in-person instruction for all of our children to add to a well-established list that currently includes 10 vaccinations and well-established rules and regulations that have been advanced by the legislature for decades to add to that list the vaccination uh, for COVID-19. We intend to do that once the FDA has fully approved the vaccine, which will give us time to work with districts, give us time to work with parents. First of all, let's go ahead and go back to it, pause it, and make sure that my mic is turned on. Since when did we start having sign language interpreters straight out of the Hunger Games? You see this guy? This guy's outfit. Looks like he's straight out of the Hunger Games, if we can put it back up. And that's why we recognize our responsibility to do more. And that's what we are announcing here today. A statewide requirement for. All right, we can't pause it. Okay, so yeah, he looks straight out of the Hunger Games. Also very, very passionate with his sign language interpreting. So yeah, they, they, they say that they are going to force this on children the minute that the CDC endorses it. The minute that the CDC says you're good to go. So they're not going to do any any studying of the final results in the in the interim. They said it's mandated now. It'll go into effect when the CDC rolls it out. And they said they're going to take the time to work with the districts, not to actually study whether or not they're going to kill a bunch of their students. And remember, this is uh, this is not a disease that kills a lot of children. It's far worse for kids to get the flu than to get COVID-19. Which makes you wonder, again, if they are going to do this for COVID-19, you have to imagine, remember, absolute power corrupts absolutely. If they're going to get away with making this mandate, they're going to mandate that kids get vaccinated against the common flu, right? They're going to mandate that kids wear masks during flu season because if they can justify it with the numbers of, yeah, heartbreaking to have any kid pass away from COVID-19, but it is not statistically a large concern for the lar- for the population as a whole, right? If they can get away with that, then they're going to get away with doing it for the common cold, doing it for the flu, making kids just wear masks forever because there's deadlier diseases floating around that can kill a whole lot more kids than COVID-19. But he mentioned something else. He mentioned something else. He mentioned that they've been doing this for decades, that they've been doing it for decades. I want to show you what he actually is glossing over. If we put up image number five, image number five, this is what the vaccination schedule looks like for 
California. And I want to show you because in no other case have they so quickly mandated a vaccine immediately after approval. So you look at the hepatitis B. Hepatitis B got global approval and U.S. approval in 1981. It, it became it, it became required for childcare in '97, required for K through five in '97, and required six through twelve, grades six through twelve in 1999. Meaning that the time between when it was approved and when it was mandated was 16 years, 16 to 18 years, depending on which age group you're looking at. You look at polio. Polio was approved nationwide in 1955. It was required in 1961 it took them six years six years in between when it was approved and when it was mandated dtap diphtheria tetanus and pertussis it was in the 1930s it was approved globally it was approved in the u.s in 1991 it became required among grades 6 through 12 in 2011 that is 16 to 18 years again and finally varicella uh, approved in the U.S. in 1995, required for child care in 1999, required K-5 through five in 2003, and required grades 6 through 12 in 2005. So again, that is a 4 to 10 year ramp, ramp up. But then you look at COVID. COVID was approved, uh, not really, it was, it was approved in 2021. This graph's kind of off. So they're looking at less than a year less than a year, actually talking less than a day, if you actually take him at his word, it will be approved and the following day it will be mandatory. So for the first time, they are not even going to try. They are not even going to try to uh, to study it. They're not going to take any time whatsoever. They have mandated it before it actually was approved and they're not going to take the average of six to 12 years. You go ahead and take that down. Just wanted to make sure everyone understands Make sure everyone understands that this is not normal. That this is not normal in any way, shape, or form. But Fauci likes it. Fauci thinks that they did a good job. He approves it. Let's listen to what Fauci has to say. Let's play cut number four. We've seen such an uptick in infections among kids and low uptake of the vaccine in that 12 to 17 range. California just mandated it um, as of January is the estimate. Do you think other states should should follow suit? Well, I agree with what Governor Newsom did in California. I mean, I'm not going to getting into the local issues only to talk about general principles that people need to realize that re having a vaccine requirement for schools is not a new novel thing that is very peculiar or specific mm -hmm. to COVID-19. We've been doing this for decades. My own children could not have gone to school if they had not gotten vaccinated with the measles, mumps, and rubella. So when we see pushback on that, it's as if this never happened before. It's actually ongoing with other vaccines. So let's do it with a virus that's very, very serious. Mm -hmm. And as you just mentioned with the numbers, Margaret, has caused an unprecedented number of deaths and infections in this country. But not among children. That is the key here, not among children, is not, and I'm not trying to discount or discredit any loss of life. I have two kids myself, and the idea of them dying from anything, it would destroy me. So I'm not trying to discredit it, but when you're talking about public policy, 
of forcing every kid to do something because of a very rare likelihood of a fatal outcome. And you know that the vaccines themselves cause more fatal outcomes among this age group than the disease itself. That is a big deal. And that is something that no one is talking about. Let's go back to image one. Go back to image one again. Image number one, this is from the UK. When you give a million doses to kids, you'll save two of them from the ICU, but you'll give between three and 17 of them a disease that will kill about half inside of five years. Myocarditis. Yeah, sure, you, you save 87 from going to the hospital. But it tends to be that just hospitalizations aren't the, the best metric of fatal outcomes. It's ICU admissions. That's the last step. Intensive care unit. So whether or not it saves someone with the sniffles from being admitted to the hospital means very little. If 17 kids per every million doses, per every million doses, if 17 kids get a deadly condition, myocarditis. Let's see how many school children are in California. Let's see. In California, do, 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 there are 6.1 million students in California. So 6.1 times, what was it, 17? Talking about killing 104 children on the, on the upper end. 104 children. But wait, no, they also want to mandate a second shot. They also want to mandate a second shot. So when you look at the second shot, we put it up one more time, image number one. Put up a second time, image number one. That second shot is up to 34. So you're talking about 104 plus 207. You're talking about killing 311 kids, potentially. Giving 311 kids. And this is just one side effect. Myocarditis, just one side effect. Not even talking about all the other ones. 311 kids could get myocarditis if, that, if, if Gavin Newsom is allowed to force them to get vaccinated. We've been talking about what is myocarditis. Let's go through it. Take this down and go ahead and put up my screen. Myocarditis is an inflammation of the heart muscle. If we can take down this image and then put up my screen, we'll go through the different the different uh, explanations of what myocarditis is. It's inflammation of the heart muscle. It can reduce your heart's ability to pump and cause rapid or ad abnormal heart rhythms, arrhythmias. Infection with a virus usually causes myocarditis. Sometimes myocarditis can result from a reaction to a drug. Signs and symptoms include chest pain, fatigue, shortness of breath, rapid or irregular heartbeats. Severe myocarditis weakens your heart so the rest of your body doesn't get enough blood. Clots can form in your heart, leading to a stroke or heart attack. So the symptoms, chest pain, rapid or abnormal heartbeat, shortness of breath, fluid buildup and swelling of your legs, fatigue, and aches, body aches, joint pain, fever. In children, fever, fainting, breathing difficulties, rapid breathing, chest pain, and rapid, rapid and abnormal heart rhythms. That's what they want to give kids. I mean, the data is very clear. We go ahead and take this down. The data is very clear. If Gavin Newsom gives two shots to 6.1 million school children, 
you were talking about upwards of 311 of those kids getting myocarditis, of which it's coin flip odds whether they survive after five years. You know, uh, Max, one other thing that I'm curious about, I haven't had the time to look through that entire deal, but they have that number in there that's talking about uh, preventing hospitalizations, and I'm really curious to know how they're defining that. Oh, yeah, they're they're defining it in terms of um, they're looking basically they're looking at tests that they've already done. They've they're also looking at making presumptions based on what they've seen in adults. Um, so yeah, it, it's 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 kind of a wishy washy number. They haven't given a million doses, so they can't actually know that for sure. It's an well, estimation. and I think it's more than wishy washy. Honestly, I mean it's kind of complete BS. Um, I mean especially with the you know, the rates that kids actually do get sick and end up having serious complications. I mean, to say that you're going to prevent that many hospitalizations in the first place, it, I mean, it just doesn't make any any freaking sense to me. Um, and I mean, it almost looks like they just tried to, you know, pad it up higher than the risk of myocarditis. So they just included that one side effect and then they're they're just kind of making up a number. Um, that they're extrapolating yeah. from like how can how can they actually make that claim at all that they're going to prevent hospitalizations especially with some yeah. of the things where they're you know they're treating people differently when they come into the hospital based on whether or not they've had the vaccine i mean oh, the yeah. entire the, thing the is like a smoke screen. Number, the hospitalization number it's 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 obviously it's cooked in a lot of cases because hospitalizations as we've talked about on the show before doesn't necessarily mean that you went to the hospital because you had covid it could also include people who went to the hospital for something else and then tested positive. Um, so hospitalizations is is always a, a kind of a wishy washy number. I don't think they were trying to cook it. I don't think they were trying to cook it though, because if if we put up image one again, the numbers that they show for the second dose, so obviously, it's so obvious that you shouldn't give kids a second dose that they wouldn't have put that up there, right? If if they were just trying to to make their case look good. And and undercut the possibility of myocarditis, because anyone who looks at that and says, "Oh, we're going to save 1.16 children from getting into the intensive care, but we're going to give 34 inflamed hearts," that's so obviously, you know what I mean? It's so, it's so obviously not a very good benefit. So it, it's pretty clear you don't give kids a second dose. You, sh you should also shouldn't give kids a first dose, right? It, it's very very obvious. No, I agree. Um, so I just yeah. I don't know that that it's. Uh... I mean, it's certainly more honest, I guess you could say, than a lot of the things that we're seeing out of the CDC and out of a lot of the, uh, you know, the state health departments here, especially as it pertains to kids, or how they keep saying that all the kids are going to die. Um, but I, I don't, I don't really know. I don't. I have to read more into it, but I don't trust that it's like them being honest in well, any the, way. Well, the, J, the JCVI, the organization in the UK that that kind of regulates and monitors vaccine approval, did not recommend that kids get the vaccine because of this. Because they said, even if we look at the best case possibility of keeping 87 kids out of the hospital, it, it's not justifiable if you're giving so many kids a potential fatal um, inflammation of the heart. So, yeah, I, I understand what you mean. Yeah, um, my, only, my of, only point is, like, I wonder what other data they aren't giving. You know what I mean? If, like, they, they, they have this report, and I'm actually really glad that they actually did, you know, not recommend it. But I'm, I'm oh, just yeah, really curious based on, yeah, yeah, it's one symptom. And that, that's one kind symptom. of my one point is because there's, we already know that there's a massive list of, of complications that are really serious. And I'm, you know, I'm wondering why they only included the myocarditis. I know they've had 
it's been a little bit more uh, prevalent in the media because there's been a, no, you know, a fairly large number of cases that have hit the news of, of kids getting myocarditis. But I'm curious why they just included that one. Well, I, I can't tell you that. I know that there's other side effects, and this seems to be the most prevalent, deadly side effect. Um, it's not to say that other people don't have side effects that are, are equally as fatal, but when just in terms of sheer numbers, this is the one that is most likely to manifest. Um, other ones are far more rare. So when you're looking at something far more rare, it's harder to quantify it. Even if you're looking at a million doses, it's harder to quantify it. Because you look as rare as myocarditis is, they still in, in a million doses, they're still looking at at um between three and seventeen cases. So once you start getting into much more, much rarer ailments, it's harder to study. It's harder to quantify it because there just hasn't been enough time. There hasn't been enough case studies to actually, um, to actually figure it out. So, but this, they seem to have quantified what is knowable. And that is if you give the vaccine to children, you're going to give them heart attacks. Not all of them, but you're going to give more of them heart attacks than you keep out of the ICU. Yeah, I mean, if that's Pretty. statistically significant, I mean, just that's huge. And and again, not knowing some of the data on the other stuff, because like you said, it might be impossible at this point to have a statistically significant number if they don't have that data. But um, just knowing that there are going to be other issues as well, I'm, like God bless them, at least uh, at least they came out and it looks like well, had them, some degree Sweden, of integrity. It looks like Germany is also probably going to pump the brakes. Um, lots of countries are going to pump the brakes because I think what it ultimately comes down to, I think the problem that we ultimately have in this country is there's a lot of people who don't want to be proven wrong that the vaccine didn't protect everyone, that the lockdowns didn't work, and that masks don't work. I think what we're seeing here from, from the Anthony Fauci's of the world is a hubris and a refusal to admit that they were wrong. So rather than admit that they were wrong, they're doubling down doubling down on their ridiculous, unconstitutional, deadly schemes. And they don't care if in California alone, 311 kids get, get heart conditions. 311 kids get heart conditions, of which 50 of them will probably die within five years. They don't care about that because they're trying to build up the monument to themselves. Anthony Fauci wants to be on more magazine covers, right? He wants to have more documentaries done about him. Well, and the pharmaceutical someone... companies have no desire to, you know, to stop it either. I mean, we're seeing now they're coming out and recommending anti-clotting medication for children, like, you know, children younger than 12, even in some cases. And I mean, like, it's almost so transparent that they're just, you know, they know that these are going to be issues they're going to have. So they're they're just pumping their their product, you know, ahead of time. And so, I mean, the pharmaceutical companies that are uh, that are in bed with, you know, the CDC and, and Fauci and, you know, all these talking heads. I mean, I, I they have every reason to let it happen because it's just going to be profits for them down the road. Yeah. And that was something that came out that came out in the actual Project Veritas video. One of the scientists was asking the undercover Veritas um, journalist wh uh, whether she had any side effects. That he's glad that she didn't get myocarditis from the vaccine. They know that that is a likely side effect among younger people who get it. They know that. They just don't care. They've written it off. Just like they wrote off that poor woman in Oregon who died after saying, I don't want it, but the school forced her to do it if she wanted to keep bringing cookies and, and cupcakes in for birthdays and to be a room parent. She died. They don't care. They don't care how many people die. 
They only care about meeting their numbers. And I'll tell you, we, we don't operate that way. Every life is precious. Every life is important, which is why we're proud to sp be sponsored by Air Med Care Network. Air Med Care Network, the premier insurance plan that pr will protect you should you ever need to be airlifted to a hospital for a medical emergency. It's not just people who are out hiking who get lost. It's not just people who fall off the side of a mountain. Yeah, that does happen. It's not people who get stuck in, in caves who need to be airlifted. A lot of people need to be airlifted in the suburbs because they get in a car crash. It's a big pileup. The ambulance can't get through. So they have to airlift you to a hospital because the, all the roads are gummed up. Or you live in a city. Just look at the other day when Joe Biden was in New York City. Look at the traffic of him trying to drive through downtown Manhattan. Imagine you're in a situation like that where there's gridlock and you need to get to a hospital where a lot of times they're going to airlift you there and you don't get to choose how much it costs. You're, you're beholden to the companies and it can cost upwards of 60 grand. 60 grand to be flown to a hospital by a helicopter. Don't risk this bankrupting your family. Join Air Medicare Network right now. It costs $85. We'll get coverage for your entire household for one year. It's less if you're a senior citizen, less if you buy three or five years at a time. And as a bonus, when you sign up using the link in our description, airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily. And when you use promo code daily, they're going to give you up to $50 back. It's free money. So again, go to airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily to get up to $50 back. So I'll tell you, the fact that they're, they're doing this to kids, they know, they know this. They know that this causes myocarditis. They, they know that there's a lot, there are going to be a, a significant number of children saying that you're okay with 311 kill children potentially having heart attacks for the rest of their lives in order to vaccinate 6.1 million you can't just write those kids off and hear fauci say oh i support it he's an idiot he's a fool or he's just evil i mean i i waffle on which way it goes because there's sometimes where it's obviously he's an evil individual but there's other times where he seems like he he just doesn't understand what's going on around him i don't know Maybe it's a combination of both, but to condemn that many school children to, a, to fatal heart conditions, it's just insanity. It really just is insanity. So I want to, um, oh, what do I have on my mustache? Oh, that's weird. Um, oh, that's strange. Um, so... I want to I want to show you this because this is the next step in all of this. If we put up image number six, this is news out of Colorado. News out of Colorado. This is from Anschutz Medical Campus, and this is a letter that was sent last week to someone who was on the kidney transplant list. And I'll read that for everyone right now. The transplant team at University of Colorado Hospital has determined that it is necessary to place you inactive on the waiting list. You will be inactivated on the list for non-compliance by not receiving the COVID vaccine. You will have 30 days to begin va the vaccination series. If your decision is to refuse COVID vaccination, you will be removed from the kidney transplant list. You will continue to accrue waiting time, but you will not receive a kidney offer while listed inactive. Once you complete the COVID vaccination series, you will be reactivated on the kidney transplant list pending any other changes in your health condition. If you have any other questions, please call me. And it is a registered nurse. Great. Registered nurse just condemned this guy to death, apparently, because he won't get vaccinated. We take this down. So they are quite literally putting this guy between a rock and a hard place. He needs a kidney. He needs a kidney. I don't know, how, I don't know if it's he or her. 
Um, it could be either. I don't want to be sexist. I don't want to misgender this person. But just for ease of conversation, we call it a he. He wants a kidney. He needs a kidney to survive. But they won't give it to him unless he agrees to do something that could also kill him. You see, it's, it's quite literally a rock in a hard place. You will definitely die if you don't get the kidney. Oh, but you also just might die if you get vaccinated. Also, if you get vaccinated and you have some other serious condition, if you get myocarditis, even if you live, you could be taken off the transplant list because you have other things wrong with you, right? There's no guarantee. And this is why it's so disgusting what they're doing to the airline pilots. They're forcing airline pilots. I think Southwest just just ordered it. Um, what was it? Delta. A couple of them just ordered all airline pilots in their company, in these major commercial airlines, to get vaccinated. Here's the problem. If you get vaccinated and you're a pilot and you suffer a medical um, side effect, like myocarditis, you can't fly anymore because the doctors will not actually approve the linkage being between the vaccine and your ailment. So if you suffer, if you suffer a significant side effect of the vaccine, the doctors will not say that it was linked to the vaccine and you cannot then fly again unless you can prove that you have taken care of whatever is causing your health condition. So there are, there are pilots who have gotten vaccinated by demand from their employers now have, are suffering blood clots. You cannot fly if you have a, a clotting disorder because one of the reasons I mean, I don't want to get too complicated in the physiology, but when you go to altitude, it's not exactly the altitude, it's the swift um, jump to higher altitudes. That increases the likelihood of blood clots. Sitting down for long periods of time increases the likelihood of blood clots. So pilots sitting down and going to altitude all day long increases the likelihood of blood clots. When you have a clotting disorder, you get taken off of active status as a pilot. And you can't go back on until you can prove you fixed what caused the clotting disorder. But they know that the vaccine caused the clotting disorder. You can't fix it because you've already been vaccinated. And they're not even willing to accept and, and approve that the vaccine caused it. So they're not giving them any kind of workplace compensation because they did something mandated by their company that now makes them unable to fly. Well, so you, you know, see how this all this is, logic works? This is like, you know, it's evil, especially when they're talking. I mean, the pilots is bad enough now when they're when they're telling people you don't get a transplant. And especially with kidney, yeah. I mean, clotting yeah. disorders, and they know that this, these are these vaccines are causing clotting issues. And you're telling someone who is needs a kidney transplant that they need to get something that it will almost invariably, you know, predispose them or directly cause clotting issues. I mean, that that's a, an extremely uh, dangerous, uh, you know, complication for someone with kidney issues to have. Like clotting, and clotting listen, is like that's yeah. what the kidneys do. They filter extremely small. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, levels of, of your blood. I mean, clotting, clotting issues will literally give someone a, a, you know, a major kidney malfunction. Yeah. The, the point, the, yeah, you're right. The point is, I mean, I don't want to be on a commercial airline and have a pilot who's going to clot up, stroke out and die and then crash the plane. I don't want that. Right. So I also don't want these airlines to be forcing pilots to inject something into their body that carries a significant likelihood of them developing a clotting disorder. Because what if they don't catch it in time? What if the first time they have any symptoms of it is when they're piloting? I don't want, <laughs> it's insanity. And, and the, uh, the point I'm making with the fact that they are forcing pilots to get vaccinated and then not approving 
um, workers' comp when they're unable to fly as a result of the complications. It's the same deal with these um, with these organ transplants. When the hospital says you don't get a kidney unless you get this vaccine, if you get the vaccine and then the vaccine gives you a clotting disorder, the hospital will still deny you the transplant because they'll say we cannot guarantee that you'll live long enough to justify the organ transplant. I mean, that's how they look at it. They look at it. Um, was it? It's, I think it's UNOS, UNOS. I think that's the. Um, I think if we go ahead and put that image back up, I think that is the the body that governs. Um, yes, UNOS. Um, the Organ Procurement and Transporta Transplantation Network and UNOS, the United Network for Organ Sharing. Anyone who's ever seen like a medical drama, you know that when they are analyzing whether or not someone deserves an organ, they're looking at the likelihood that, that person will survive five years, will survive 10 years, will survive 20 years. So if someone needs a liver transplant and they're still on the bottle, they're not going to give an alcoholic a liver transplant. Not going to happen. If someone needs a lung transplant and they are an avid smoker, they're smoking three packs a day, they are not going to get that lung transplant because they're not going to give that life-saving organ to someone who's just going to destroy it again. Now, that's like, that's a case where they're actively trying to hurt their bodies. The same is true if they find conditions that could lead to premature death. They would much rather give a kidney to someone who has a clean bill of health than someone who has a clotting factor or someone who has myocarditis or someone who has any other number of the uh, the possible side effects of the vaccine. And that's what they're not telling them. That's what they're not telling them. Get vaccinated or else you don't get a kidney. But the truth is, if they get vaccinated, they have a bad result. They're also not getting the kidney. So they're just going to die anyway. I mean, this is where it's coming. There, There is a health insurance company, um, Mr. Producer, maybe you can find it, in California that is now requiring, not just requiring that people in network get vaccinated. It's, it's for like a major like health system, like a hospital system. They're also gonna begin fining. So if you work at the hospital system, you obviously get the insurance through the hospital network. They're now gonna begin fining those people $100 a month if their spouses are also not vaccinated. Let me, let me say that again. Doctor, nurse, administrator works for a hospital must get vaccinated under the rules. Okay, fine. I work in the hospital, so I must get vaccinated. I hate it, but can't afford to lose my job. Maybe that's the rationale they make. So they get vaccinated. Then the hospital turns around and says, okay, we're going to charge you more for insurance if your husband isn't also vaccinated too. You're, this is what this is what's going to be. They're going to deny health coverage to people who are unvaccinated. They're going to, they've already denied organ transplants. They're going to deny medications to people who are unvaccinated. Think about that. If a medication is expensive, you can, you can see the logic. I'm not saying I support it, but you can see the logic of a health insurance company saying, hey, you're unvaccinated. There's a pandemic. You have a higher likelihood of dying, so we don't want to invest the money in this expensive medication, so we're going to deny your prior authorization. It's, it's technically not approved, but we're not going to approve it because I've got it's not article. worth keeping someone alive. Oh, you got it? Go ahead and put it up on the screen. Um, here we go. Oh, it's Louisiana. I thought it was in California. I think I think there's one in California doing it too. Um, there's a few wow, of them. I saw a couple states yeah. with it. I didn't expect Louisiana. Largest Louisiana health system finding employees with unvaccinated spouses. There you go. And there are, there is also one in California. Um, that's the one I saw. But yeah, no, it makes sense that they're going to do it everywhere else. Not that it makes sense from like a logical perspective, but it makes sense that tyrants are going to tyrant. Tyrants are going to tyrant. So they're going to probably go the next step of denying you medications 
unless you get vaccinated, because why would they invest in a body that's just going to die, according to them, right? And we've already seen doctors refusing to treat patients. We're going to see emergency rooms refusing to treat patients because they're unvaccinated. So you get sick. I mean, that's the whole point of the doctor. It's the whole point of the of the emergency room to take care of people when they're sick. The idea that they would that they would withhold care on the basis that you didn't get vaccinated is disgusting, is unethical, it is immoral, it's a violation of every oath and creed that doctors supposedly take to enter this profession. But it won't stop there. It absolutely will not stop there. You're gonna see government, we already see in the schools in California, they're gonna put it on the schools, they're probably gonna do it in, in courtrooms. I mean, think about this. Remember last year with the pandemic, they literally closed down courtrooms and said it's too dangerous for us to have court hearings. So forget about your right to a speedy trial, which is given to you in the Bill of Rights. Forget about that. That right was violated because we had a pandemic. Well, they got away with that. No one stopped them. No one stopped them from doing that. So it, it they're just going to keep doing it. Oh, no, you don't only have the right to a speedy trial if you are vaccinated. You only have the right to a jury before your peers in person if you're vaccinated. It can't have you spraying the virus to other people. No, this, this is what is coming. And now we know that if you dare stand up at any level, if you dare stand up at any level and fight back against this, they're going to label you a domestic terrorist. They're going fight, to fight you every step of the way. Going to take a real quick break and remind everyone that this podcast is sponsored by MyPillow. Use promo code CD21 to get up to 66% off your next order. CD21 to get up to 66% off. Let's go ahead and run the commercial. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. When I got MyPillow, I'm asleep almost immediately. I stay asleep at night and I wake up more well-rested in the morning. That's why I invented MyPillow. My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and helps keep your neck supported and aligned. I'm interrupting this commercial right now. Retailers have canceled my pillow. And to thank you for your support, I'm going to pass the savings directly on to you. Go to MyPillow.com right now to get deep discounts on all my pillow products. For example, you can get my premium MyPillows regularly $69.98, now just $29.98, the lowest price ever. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. MyPillow.com. Use promo code CD21 to get up to 66% off. I've been hesitant to run that commercial lately because the minute I do, Newsmax claims complete ownership of our entire podcast. They claim all ad revenue for our podcast. And then they add a little link beneath our podcast telling everyone to go there if they want to see more conservative daily content. So it's really dishonest what Newsmax has been doing to us. We'll see how long it takes for them to apply it. I'm pretty sure that they are they are copyright striking the ad from my pillow. So we'll see if they stop doing that today. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. Um, hopefully they do. It's they they have absolutely no business copyright striking us for anything. Everything we use is fair use, and that commercial came directly directly from uh, my pillow directly from my pillow. So I sent Mr. Producer a, a video cut and I haven't had a chance to confirm this, 
But if this is true, this is what we're probably going to see happening. This is an owner of a company who is for, who has more than 100 workers in his company. So what he says he did is that in order to get below, because he doesn't want to force all of his employees to get vaccinated, apparently he fired the vaccinated employees, got below 100 workers, so he didn't have to force them to get vaccinated, and then gave all the unvaccinated employees that were left a raise. <laughs> I, I Again, haven't had a chance to confirm this, but he did put together a video explaining it. So we're going to play that right now if we can, Mr. Producer. Let's go ahead and put up that video. So I just did something. The left, they're not going to like it. All totaled out, my total roster staff between four restaurants was 138 employees, in which 46 of those have been vaccinated. Providing an OSHA and his unconstitutional tyranny, I have to be under 100 employees or require everyone to be vaccinated or suffer a big fine. Being a part of a small business, there's no way we can afford to stay open and suffer those kinds of fines and penalties. So what I do? I fired every mother vaccinated employee we got, putting us under that 100 mark. Now I'm going to take their average pay and bust it down and spread it out through the 92 employees that I have still left on roster. The ones that aren't stupid. So again, I don't know if he actually did it. I don't know if this is just a meme, but this is what you're going to see from companies. What if, if, if you own a company and you are you support people's rights to not get vaccinated if they don't want to, um, they have every right to do this apparently to fire employees, to fire employees, to get underneath that hundred. Listen, that's what companies did. That's what companies did with Obamacare, right? When Obamacare had a certain number of whatever, I think it was 40, they would basically get below that number, put everyone else at part time. So that happened after the passage of the Affordable Care Act. Companies were fire, firing people so they didn't have to offer company sponsored insurance plans. You're going to see the same thing here. Same thing here. And again, have not had the chance to independently vet this guy. Obviously, he has a little bit of potty language. But uh, no, what did they think was going to happen? What did they think was going to happen forcing all of these companies to start doing things that they don't believe in? Now, of, co of course, that's the next step. Of course, that was what was coming next. So yeah, so we live in a world now where you're not going to get a kidney. If you're not vaccinated, you're not going to be able to go into your kid's school. If you're not vaccinated, you're not going to be able to go into an emergency room or your primary care doctor if you're not vaccinated. There's even some landlords, which is what's really crazy. I, I saw a story of one landlord in Florida that wanted to evict tenants who were not vaccinated. First of all, very dumb, considering how hard it has been for landlords to get paying tenants over the last year. I cannot think of anything more idiotic than a tenant, than a landlord um, evicting a paying tenant because of their personal, private, medical history. I mean, if, if, anyone, if any landlord actually does that, I hope that they get one of these deadbeat tenants that refuse to pay and, uh, and just start squatting. But we're seeing it everywhere. We're seeing it everywhere. And the goal, the goal is to make everyone just give up. 
The goal is to wear you down to the point where you say, you know what? I, I, I don't want it. I didn't want it, but I, I, I can't be ostracized from society this much. That's their goal to, for you to relent and give in. That's what happened to that poor 37 year old mom in Oregon. That's what happened to her. She, she caved, she gave in, she wanted to be there for her kids. And unfortunately her, her gut instinct was right all along. Her gut instinct was right all along. and She died as a result of the vaccine. It really is unfortunate. Oh yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Newsmax just added an ownership link to our video. Again, again, Newsmax has claimed ownership of our podcast. I, I, I don't know what else to do. At some point, we just have to sue the hell out of them. Um, every day, they can't keep claiming ownership because of an ad. Insane. Miss Producer, do we have any word on Joe? Is Joe going to be joining us or uh, is, he, is he off for the rest of the show? Uh, he might be on in one second, I'm confirming. Okay, well, we're, we are winding down, so hopefully he gets in um, soon. Yeah, so we see it. We see it with with them going after parents in in school board meetings, right? We've seen everything. They're trying to make this as uncomfortable as possible for you so that you give up. And in doing so, you cede your rights and your liberties to government. Remember, we've been talking about this a lot on the podcast. Government exists because individuals like you have voluntarily given up some of your inalienable rights to government. And by that, I mean, you give up the right to tr track down someone who stole from you and beat them to death. That's what happens in anarchy. That if you imagine someone living in the woods with no government, no laws, when they, when someone steals from them, you hunt them down you get your stuff back and you deliver your own justice. We give up that right, that Liberty to do that. And we give government the power to instill law and order, right? At no point in our history, have we ever given up the right to decide what goes into our bodies? That is not part of the social contract that was written and signed when the United States was created, that they have the right to decide what enters our bodies. If we cave now, we cede that liberty, we cede that authority, we cede that right over to government so the government can then decide what we put in our bodies. And it won't stop there, right? Next, they will be denying health care to people who smoke. Say, oh, people who smoke, you should have known better. You don't get, you don't get um, to have, be treated for for whatever ailment for lung cancer you don't get take up a bed in the cancer ward because you smoke and you should have known oh we're not going to give any treatment to you because you're obese you should have known you should have stopped eating donuts you should have stopped started exercising you should have known right oh you were you were a bmx biker or you were some kind of a some kind of base jumper you should have known that what you were doing was dangerous and carry the risk of serious bodily injury. So therefore, we're not going to give you the x-ray. We think there are people more deserving of the x-ray. So you're going to have to wait at the back of the line. And hopefully, we'll have time for you. I mean, that's what's coming next. If we let them dole out and decide who gets treated, who gets seen based on vaccination status, this is quite literally the kind of death panels that we've been warning about as it comes to where, as it comes from socialized medicine. Not literally, I mean, in the case of that poor man or woman in Colorado being denied the kidney for not getting vaccinated. That quite literally is a death panel. That's a panel in the hospital deciding that this person doesn't deserve a life-saving kidney because they didn't get vaccinated. They didn't ask whether the person had natural antibodies, right? They didn't ask any of that, whether he had previously had COVID-19 and recovered. 
they made a determination about him or her without any background information. But those are the death panels I'm talking about. And if we let them get away with this, this is a hallmark of socialized medicine. When government controls medicine, then they ration the care. They ration the care. So if, if we give in on this, it's coming. And this isn't like fear-mongering. We are on the slippery slope. We are on our way down the water slide. Time to get off. Well, you know, now we're never not only we're not only on the slope, but I mean, they've like they've taken the ladder away because I, I don't care what anyone like, you know, th this is one thing that I see a lot on this issue and other and, you know, some of the, uh, you know, the constitutional issues we see with some of these legislation. Uh, I mean, just these legislative crimes uh, that our government is committing. They're like, OK, well, we stopped them on, on this one issue. So like this is a victory. It's not. It's not a victory. They don't see it as us winning a victory it's just you know now they need to go another avenue like pe people need to wake wake up because i, I mean there's there's so many facets to, to this but they're going to deny you transplants they're they don't want to let you fly we already know this this isn't like you know okay well they'll think about it and then they'll give up because a few people get mad they're going to uh if we do not completely rise up in you know great numbers and you know and just not comply with some of this stuff and start shutting these things down everywhere, it's going to happen. They're, they're not going to stop. This isn't something that, uh, you know, they've thought about and are still considering and, oh, it'll, it'll get worse if, if we don't do something. It will get worse no matter what, unless we, we all stand up. Uh, so, I mean, just people need to realize that these, you need to stop yeah. thinking in terms of the little victories, that this is a big battle. This is a, a war against no, it, us and against the world. And people need to think in terms of winning a war not you know stopping this one little thing that's happening because it's it's not going to stop it's the frog in boiling water no. yeah the difference is you are not a frog anyone watching this you are not a frog you are not an amphibian you have <laughs> opposable thumbs right you have a brain you have the ability to think critically you are not the frog you can wake up you can take action you can fight back peacefully don't want to get lumped into those domestic terrorism investigations with the FBI, obviously peacefully, but you can push back. You can fight back. It is not too late, but we are getting to the point of no return. We are getting to the point where the window of opportunity will close. And if they are able to seize this last remaining power, they have, they've seized the power to force you to stay inside. They have seized the power to force you to close down your business, right? They've seized the power to force you to wear more articles of clothing over your face. They seize all these power. The last power left to seize is the authority to force you to inject something into your body. And if they seize that power, they get that power. It is all over. They can do whatever they want with you. So that is going to be it for this edition. One last, last bit. If we put on my screen, um, the Kyle Rittenhouse trial is going on. So we're going to talk about this as it comes up. But during a pretrial hearing, the defense brought a use of force expert up onto the stand, and he testified quite obviously, quite obviously, that Rittenhouse was justified in his use of deadly force, given the fact that there were a bunch of people trying to kill him. It's kind of crazy we even have to say this. It's very obvious to anyone who has even remotely studied uh, self-defense law or use of force doctrines. Very obvious. But unfortunately... <laughs> they have to say that which should go without saying that when a kid is getting attacked by a pedophile 
he has the right to defend himself. So we'll cover this trial. We can take that down. We'll, tr- we'll cover this trial more as we uh, see it. This, these are pre-trial hearings, obviously, um, but there will be more coming in, um, in the days and weeks ahead. Last bit that I want to mention is we do have, we've been covering a lot of t-shirts on the podcast lately on store.conservative-daily.com, but we also have a bunch of hoodies. It's getting a little cold out, not here in Texas, by the way, but it's getting chilly everywhere else in the country. So we do have a bunch of hoodies and we're going to be doing that. We're going to be making sure that when we put out designs for t-shirts, we're also putting out designs for hoodies too. So we're featuring this, this one today, our, our logo, conservative daily podcast logo as a hoodie available in right in white and also in red i like the red that's pretty hot so check this out link is in the description check out all the rest of our apparel at the conservative daily store ben says are they one size fits all no they're available in small medium large extra large 2xl and 3xl um so you can you pick your size there pick your color between white and red and check out the rest of the hoodies and t-shirts available at store.conservative-daily.com That's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. My name is Max McGuire. Make sure that you check out all the links in our description for the audio version. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, and Audible. All great places to listen to the audio version. The reason we push the audio version, obviously we go live at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern with our video podcast. But the reason we push the audio podcast is that's what the advertisers care about. They care about audio downloads. They don't care about how many people watch us live. So even if you watch us live, please do also subscribe to the podcast. And if you can, do so on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review so that we can help. you can help us climb up those rankings. Um, yeah, check out all the different links in the description. Sign up for our text alert system. Um, text the word FREEDOM to 89517. You can also join our n- email newsletter. Very, very important. That's how you can get access to the Fax Blast campaigns and other alerts that we send out by email. So if you haven't already, please do sign up for that email newsletter as well. That's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. My name is Max McGuire. Remember, everyone, that the fight to take back our country is not over yet, but the only way we win is if we all stand up and fight together.